You're listening to a C3 Victory podcast. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au. So, um, yeah, so dads, like, be honoured today because it's sometimes a really rough journey. You know, because you're dealing with your own insecurities and you're like, how am I meant to lead these children somewhere? What's going on there? Like, you know, like, how do they even appear? Like, where, where do these children even come from? Like, where, you know, I hope you, hope you worked out how that happens. So, uh, yeah, took us a while. Um, I also want to honor my dad, who's not here today, but I just want to honor him, uh, who just really gave me an incredible start to life and uh, continues to be a real source of encouragement and strength to me. I also want to honour my spiritual father, Pastor Keith, uh, who continues to just to believe in me, you know. Uh, it's so good to have people who really believe in you and who are able to take you beyond where you thought you could go. And uh, it's just been awesome to have Pastor Keith in my world sowing truth and life and leadership into me. It's been awesome. You know what I think? Uh, I think that what the world needs is for manly men of God to rise up. True manly men to rise up. To, to be who we're called to be unapologetically. You know? To not apologize for who you're called to be. To not apologize for who you're designed to be, you're created to be. But to, but to lean into that, that manliness that God has crafted you to be and to not apologize for it. So God has created and designed men uniquely and uh, to carry a bit of this, like a spirit of a warrior, you know? I mean, the, the movies that we love, they're all about, you know, the, the guys fighting to get the girl and then they're fighting for justice and they're fighting for righteousness and ah, yeah, and they'll lop this guy's head off and, and stab this guy and yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do whatever it takes and all the ladies are going to be fine because yeah, the men rose up and it was good. You know what I mean? The, I remember watching the Patriot movie with Mel Gibson, you know, and I, I have this tendency to laugh, just like Simon Ashley. I had this tendency to laugh at the most inappropriate times. And I remember this cannonball just completely lopping off this guy's head. And I'm just like, that's the funniest thing in the world. You know, you put me in front of La La Land and I'm like, okay, uh, the movie I mean. The movie, I didn't, I didn't enjoy that. Mind you, greatest showman. See, there's a man, right? There's a man who's willing to sacrifice for his family and sing songs along the way. I thought that was all right. I thought that was okay. That's all right. That movie quickly made my like top 15 movies of all time. So, you know, I've, I've even got some of the songs <coughs> on my playlist at times. You know, I'll be driving along in the car going, it's so great. What a great, what a great movie. I love that movie. It's good. That's really good. Uh, so today we're talking about resilience. And uh, the definition of resilience is this, the capacity to recover from difficulty, which is toughness, and the ability of a substance or object to spring back into shape, elasticity. Right? This is what we need to walk in, men. Resilience. 
the Times, now, okay, let me, just, <laughs> let me just say this. This is my disclaimer of the morning, right? The Times that we live in are so politically correct that I'm not, I'm not here to demean women. I'm not here to, to step on toes or whatever, but I want to really build up men today right? The men, we need to talk as men. Sometimes at the amazing race, I bought a quick word yesterday for the men because it's really good. We live in, you know, I'm not being sexist or anything. I'm not demeaning. I love women, all of the women. They're great. You're wonderful. But today, let me talk about men for a while. All of the women's, they're great, right? Uh, but what we need to keep doing is calling our men and our dads to stand up to fight, to fight for their family, to fight for what is right, you know, to fight for, for, for justice, to fight for how things should be done, how, th- how God plans for things to happen, you know, not just to lay down and, oh, well, I can't change society. Well, you can change your family and you can start there and you can have a voice that's not just a whinge in society, but it's actually an influence. So, this is a brilliant book by Craig Grishel called Fight, and uh, it, is, it is a really good one. He says, uh, right now, we're starving for heroes. We no longer, we're no longer surprised when men we once admired and respected, elected officials, superstar athletes, gifted pastors, tumble in a sex scandal, an, embezzled, an embezzlement scheme, or a domestic abuse arrest. We've almost become jaded, half expecting our leaders and favorite celebrities to be hiding something, because most are, right? We will hope that they make sacrifices and take risks and make hard decisions to do the right thing, but we're, we're not surprised when they don't. We lack real heroes, and Hollywood fills the void with a glut of superheroes. Iron Man and Batman and Thor and Spider-Man, Avengers and X-Men, dazzling us with their powers in 3D and on Blu-ray, and I love them all, by the way. Um, (laughs) But we still long for someone to show us what an authentic flesh and blood hero looks like. Where have all the good men gone? I'm convinced that one of the most profound ways has to do with how we use our manhood. God created men to have the heart of a warrior, placing a desire within us to stand up and fight for what's pure, for what's true. A man has a warrior's heart. You have a warrior's heart. You itch for a fight. Yeah, now we're talking, right? That's God's design, not ours. That doesn't mean that men should be aggressive alpha bully punks, nor does it mean that women can't fight for what's right as well. It simply means that within every man, God has planted a divine desire to fight for righteousness. I'd love it if every man in our church would read this book. I've read it. It's by Craig Rochelle. It's called Fight. It's super easy to read. Uh, So I'm going to give away three copies today. But you have to promise me two things. Firstly, you have to promise me that you're going to read it this year. It's not going to go on some list of books that I'll get to one day, which is what happens when you give me a book. It goes on a list and eventually I'll get to it. Thanks, Rosalie, uh, for giving me so many resources to read. So good. Uh, so I want three men who are going to promise me that this will, this will appear every page before your eyes, before the end of the year, and, hang on, Todd, and, and 
when you have finished it, you will give it to another man in our church and you will, you will suggest the same thing. Yeah. Right? Three hands. I need three hands. Thank you. Patrick. Uh, you, you, yeah, too bad. And uh, Pacific and Pete. Good. I love you, man. I love you. Yeah, see, that's how it works. Come up here and get a book. You three. Come on. Very good. Great work. It's yours. Great work, it's yours. Great work, it's yours. Go and be even more manly than you already are. For some of you, that's going to be very hard. So uh, Pastor Keith and I, this week, were talking about resilience. And I said to him, I just can't go past Joshua. I can't go past this guy, Joshua, who was a phenomenal leader, a phenomenal man uh, who led people with strength and displayed the kind of toughness that you need uh, for his, his kind of journey. He had a crazy journey. Oh my goodness. So we're going to turn to Joshua chapter 1 and we're going to read from, uh, for the first nine verses of Joshua chapter 1. Who loves it when we read bulk scripture in church? Word of God is so good, it's so powerful. We're going to take our time with it uh, and I'm going to not take too much time this morning. But here we go, all right. It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, that's a great way to start, isn't it? That's really, that's really, that's, that's really helpful, you know? Okay, uh, now, uh, listen, listen up, Joshua. Moses is dead. Yeah, thanks for the, I, I knew that, you know, great. Right, now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses, your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, from the great river, the Euphrates, uh, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with, with Moses, so will I be with you. I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you be strong and courageous? Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Let's pray. God, we just love what you are sowing into us today. We love where you're taking us. Would you give us revelation, wisdom, insight, and give us courage and strength as men of our church, as men of this generation, to lead and to love with persistence and tenacity, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I got four points and 15 minutes. So let's go. All right, number one, resilience. Resilient men follow in the footsteps of resilient men. You and I, men, we need someone who we respect, who we follow, someone who shows strength and courage to call it out of us. Yeah, good. To not just model it, but to draw it from us. Because we need, you need to follow like a resilient leader and have resilient mentors. Not people who just, you know, 
you know, lay, lay down when something bad happens. Oh, no, oh, it's, it's, it's bad, it's bad. Let me just lay on the floor and use this situation. You know, I'm going to be a doormat to my situation. No, 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 no. Moses was Joshua's mentor. Moses is like one of the most prominent men in all Israel's history. Phenomenal leader. He'd been around for 40 years. In fact, in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 23, Moses says this to Joshua. He says, be strong and courageous. Oh, hang on a minute. We haven't heard that before, right? For you will bring the Israelites into the land I promised them on oath, and I myself will be with you. Maybe in spirit. All right. Because he didn't really go into the promised land, did he? But then God, three times in Joshua 1, calls Joshua to be strong and courageous. Then later on, verse 18, the people say to them, say to Joshua, uh, in verse 18, I haven't got this on the, on, the, on the screen, but it says, whoever rebels against your word and doesn't obey it, whoever you, whatever you may command them will be put to death. It's like, okay, <laughs> that's a little extreme. And then it says, only be strong and courageous. Whoa, Joshua's getting this from all sides. Be strong and be courageous. And if you, if you as a man meditate on what that looks like in your own world, and if you lean into the Spirit, if you lean into God and let Him strengthen you and put courage inside of you, you are able then to make the decisions that you need to make as a man, following hard after God and loving relentlessly your wife, your children, your broader family, the crazies at work, everyone. You're able to do that when you lean into God and allow Him to strengthen you and be courageous. Right? We need fathers who will call us upwards. Right? Men, fathers, it is not just your responsibility to be, to be in the same room as your kids. That's not being present. When you are present with them, you are engaging them. You are lifting them. You are joking with them. You know, I love walking through the kitchen and just pushing my kid into a wall. You know, my son will be in the, in the kitchen and he'll be making something and all of a sudden, bang, he's into the side of the wall. You know, he's like, oh, dad, oh, dad. And I'm like, yeah, got you again, sucker. You know, like joking around with your kids, being there, being fun, being filled with life. And then when, 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 when you have the opportunity to bring them upwards, to lift them upwards, you can't, you can't lift a child if there's no relationship with the child. You've got to love them before you can lead them, all right? We need to call our sons to be strong, to be courageous, to stand firm, to keep moving. In that book that I just gave out, Craig Rochelle says, as God's warrior, there are only two acceptable actions. You're either standing or you're getting back up. We've got to model it. We've got to walk in resilience. We've got to display it, and then we've got to call it out of our sons. Resilient men follow resilient men. Pacific, you're another great example of a resilient man. A man who will go to another country to support his wife, and who will get any job that he can possibly get just to contribute as, the, as a provider in his family. And when times are tough, continues and gets more hours and gets more jobs, even if it means he can't turn up on a Sunday 
And he keeps praying and believing and praying and believing. And now the man's got a full-time job as a bus driver, right? So just by pushing through, pushing through and loving your wife and loving your children, you know, that's resilience, man. That's toughness. Be honored, mate. Joshua had Moses in his life for 40 years. Over 40 years, they journeyed together. For 40 years, Moses was there. And then he's gone. And Joshua is told, you're going to lead these people. So God isn't being rude when he says, Moses, my servant is dead. What he's saying is, Joshua, you need to now bounce back out of your grief and into leadership. Don't hang around in grief for too long. Don't hang around in negativity. Don't hang around in, this, in, this, in, this, in, a, in, a, in a victim state for too long. It's time to lead. Some of us need to do that. I'm not saying jo- uh, Joshua was in his victim state, but sometimes we get into, that, into those zones. When something external has happened around us, we can go, oh. And some stuff happens and it takes the wind out of you and you're just like, I'm not sure I can keep going. That's the exact point at which you need to decide to lead. But not in your own strength. With Him, with the Father. For those of you who this is an extremely difficult day because you've lost your father or you've lost a child or you've lost your father figure, It's a tough one. But for some of us, that mantle of leadership is now on us. It's now on you. It's time to rise up. It's time to step into who you were crafted to be as a man and as a leader. It's time to realize that you and God are greater than your situation. Joshua is like, okay, Moses is dead. Hang on, I'm going to lead these people. Time to rise up. Be strong and courageous. How many times? That's like five times God has said to Joshua, be strong and courageous. It's a, it's a decision that we've got to make, men. It's a decision. And sometimes that decision has to be made daily, sometimes every hour. I've got to be strong. I've got to be courageous. Because you know what? You're not alone. That leads me perfectly to my second point, which is resilient men walk in inner security. Security is not found in having perfect results, having perfect record. Every, every father fails. I'm regularly in my kids' bedrooms apologizing. That would be like a weekly, weekly thing, you know? I'd be like, oh, great, here we go again. And I walk in and go, okay, my bad. I'm sorry. Men, we are so pressured to succeed, to, to, to get results, you know, to, to grow stuff. We're so pressured to grow things that we have, to grow your business, to grow your stock portfolio, to grow your investments, to grow your sales to hit the target, you know, to grow, to have enough money so your wife can be happy. <laughs> Amen, she said. And all the ladies went? Yeah, it was really bad. Good job. (laughs) 
And here's the deal. Failure, men, if you're not careful, failure can seep into your identity. And that's so dangerous. I love what Pastor Keith said to me this week. He said, failure is not final. Failure is not a person. It's an event. Therefore, you are not defined by any failure in your past. Because you know what I used to believe? I used to believe that inherently I was a failure. And I was just trying to prove that I wasn't. Get that thing out of your identity. Get that thing out. Because you and Jesus, you're always victorious. Our security isn't, is not found in having this like perfect record. Our security is found in having a perfect father who brings a perfect promise. Let's read verse 5 again. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you, the Father says. We're not secure because we get perfect results. We're secure because regardless of our performance, God's promise is of his presence. I'm going to say that again. We are not secure because of our performance, but regardless of that performance, regardless of how you you know, you acted towards your wife, regardless of how you acted towards your kids one day, regardless of the financial mess that you made once, regardless of the the fact that you might not have met all your sales targets for the last six months, regardless of your performance, God promises His presence in your life, no matter what. And that is where we find our security. Verse 9, it also says this, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. I love it. So good. Regardless of our situation, regardless of our order or chaos or success or whatever the failure might look like, the truth is that God is always here. He's always here. No matter what you're in, no matter what day of the week it is, it's Wednesday afternoon and you're just coming off a lunch break and you're just looking at some stats at your work computer and you're like, I could really use a nap right now. God is here. You might have been in a difficult meeting with the boss. You walk out or you're still in the meeting and you're like, God is here. That's security. That doesn't matter where or how hard I fail. God is close and He defines me not by my performance. You know, I love that song, I am who you say I am. So good. He defines me. My performance does not define me. Number three, resilient men lead their families to the promised land. This is a good one. Verse 6 says, be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Joshua is like a true leader. 
He's a true leader. So back in Numbers chapter 13, you'll find that they sent spies into the promised land to check it out because that's what God had said to to them. This is what you're going to take over. I've given you everything that you need. You're going to go and take take over the promised land. It's going to be awesome. So they sent these 12 spies into the land to check it out and to bring back some fruit. And they came back and the spies are like, oh my goodness, there's so much milk and honey and it's so great and it's awesome and we're going to... going to be so great. But hang on a minute. There's these really giant, big giants in there and we're freaking out right now because we look like grasshoppers in our own eyes compared to them. And oh my goodness. And Joshua, this guy and his friend Caleb are the only two leaders. It says they sent 12 leaders into the land. Wow. Yeah, right? Wow. 12 leaders went in and two real leaders came out. Yeah. Wow. Two real leaders came out and said, yep, God's with us. We got this. The giants, pfft, whatever. And the other guys are like, but this is so scary. <laughs> Joshua wasn't going to back down to popular belief. Wow. He's a leader. He knows what the Father said. And he's like, I'm going to lead my people to where the Father has told us that we're already going. So why wait? He believed that God was taking them into abundance. And he'd been into the land of abundance And he'd visited it. He knew what it was like. And this is what fathers do. We see what is possible. We see where we're going and we lead in that direction with our wives, not despite them. Team-based ministry, marriage. It's a team-based ministry. All the way. You're a team. Right? Right? Some of you need to hear that. You're a team. You don't tell your wife how it is. You go, I reckon this is what we should do. What do you think? And then you have a 17-hour discussion on, <laughs> on, on, on what that might look like in your family's journey in every area of existence. <laughs> Short discussion, is it? No, not in my house. <laughs> We talk and we love to talk and then we have coffee and we talk some more and then later on, we continue talking. (laughs) And when you see where you're going and you agree with where you're going, then you lead to where you're going and you keep adjusting and changing things along the way and the love never stops. That's That's the plan. You keep loving your family and together you lead where you're seeing. Number four, resilient men know what success really means. Know what success really means. Because the, the, the way that God views a successful man is not the way that a world views a successful man. And it's super important that we understand the difference. Man, it's really important that we understand the difference of what success in the world's eyes looks like and what success in, our, in, in God's eyes looks like. The world looks for perfection on the outside, right? The world looks for someone who is tough, but not in a resilient sense necessarily, just in a you-can't-touch-me sense. Someone who never asks for any help. Someone who is self-sufficient. I don't need anyone. That's what the world, that's what the world likes. The world likes you to be, man, self-sufficient. You don't need nobody. You don't need anyone to help you, to make you 
strong, to make you tough, to make you self-secure, to make you self-sufficient. You, you've got it all. That's, that's not really how God sees things. God is after a teachable, humble, gentle, kind, good, spirited man who's a peacemaker, who is life-giving, who is confident and strong and who loves his wife and his family, who's able to make the hard decision to still choose the right course of action even when every other opportunity is before him. When that woman at work gives you that little side glance, you're able to make a good choice in that moment. When you get a pop-up on your computer screen, you're able to make a good choice to love your wife and love your children in that moment. When you want to blow the family budget on some stupid purchase that you think is going to be really great, (laughs) you make the good choice to submit to the family budget because it's good for everyone, right? Because you already made a plan. It's these, little, it's these little, tiny little decisions that keep you honoring your family, loving your wife. So important. So God just, I've got a couple of minutes, but God just reveals in verse 7 and 8 this, the, the, the journey to success. And he says, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey. There it is, to obey the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you might be successful wherever you go. Just simple obedience to God, following His Word, doing the right thing is so powerful. Being, learning to hear the Holy Spirit and just, and just leaning in and being obedient to the promptings of the Holy Spirit, super powerful. You know, like when, you, when your kid is having a massive tantrum and you just don't, like, I've had this in, in the past week, no, I don't know, uh, <laughs> You know, and your kid's going off the rails in some area and you just want to go, just leave that one alone for a while. And the Holy Spirit's going, you know what they really need right now? They need you present in their world. They need you to love and encourage them and bring some guidance because they are lost right now. And you go, I remember just going, all right. And I walk into a flaming room <laughs> that seems to be on fire and you can feel the, the, the burn of hatred towards you or something. And you just go, you know what we need to do? We need to maybe talk this out. I don't want to talk this out. All right, let's talk it out anyway. (laughs) You know, just doing the right thing. I'm just going to leave it at that. Do the right thing. (laughs) What a good idea. Let's choose life. Let's choose life. Right? In everything. Last thing he says, keep this book of the law always on your lips. And he says, meditate on it day and night. So the book of the law, the book of the Word of God, keep this book on your lips. Now, it means it's got to come out of your mouth. It means that the, the Word doesn't stay in here as like a resource companionship to the whole journey. I don't, uh, th- this isn't like my, my Wikipedia that I reference when I need it. This is the Word that comes out of my mouth right? To to define the atmosphere in my home, to define my marriage, to define how I lead, to define my own spiritual inner world. 
This, this, this word comes out of my mouth. It doesn't just stay inside. It's got to come out because your words are a prophetic declaration of where you're heading, right? So if it just stays inside of you, right, great. You're going to have this lovely resource to use when times are tough. But I want to take my family forwards. I want to take our church forwards, our campus forwards. And to do that, you've got to let it come out of your mouth. It's got to become a prophetic declaration of what is to come, which means you might not be able to see it in the present, but you've got to declare it with your lips. And I love that at the end of this verse, it says, then you'll be prosperous and successful. That's what I want. I don't want the alternative. I want that. I want to be prosperous and successful in all things, in all areas. Thanks for joining us for the C3 Victory Podcast. We would love to see you at one of our services. To find out more, visit us online at c3victory.org.au or check us out on Facebook or Instagram.